Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Chris Gordy of Sports Talk 790 in Houston, as well as the Locked On SEC podcast. And Gordy, as always, my man, appreciate you joining us. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm good, John. I'm just uh, catching up on a couple of stories I missed in the last hour, including Pete Samuel saying the ACC might add Cal and Stanford. Yeah, geography doesn't matter. Let's just uh, make stupid moves and add dumb schools. I mean, is that like is that like having happen? Like, how do you not have that go into place where you got these teams looking for other teams and conferences to go to? Like, it feels like it's going to happen, right? You're going to have Cal Berkeley part of the Atlantic Coast Conference. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. At what point do, does common sense have to prevail here? And go, Cal and Stanford joining the Atlantic Coast Conference. Mm. Nowhere near the Atlantic Coast. Off on the Pacific Coast, in fact. Um, crossing four time zones. It just, it, none of this makes any sense. I get it's all about, oh, it's about TV and eyeballs. Yeah, great. But enjoy nobody going to the game. Like, how many people that are fans of Virginia Tech? are going to make the trip out to play Cal and Stanford on the West Coast. Like, nobody can afford that. Like, it, it's just – it's getting ridiculous here, and, and I can't help but praise Greg Sankey by the day about keeping conference expansion at least somewhat within the footprint. You know, when you added Missouri and A&M, they were both kind of in the, in the southern region. Uh, you add Oklahoma and Texas. Oklahoma not too much further past Arkansas. Uh, you know, Austin, Texas, only a couple-hour drive from College Station. So – Texas and Oklahoma still very much, you know, maybe not so much southeast, but definitely southern, and, and part of the SEC makes sense. Uh, I just cannot get over some of these conferences adding schools uh, like, like the Big Ten did and adding Oregon and Washington makes absolutely no freaking sense when you've got Rutgers and Maryland and Penn State. Yeah, you, you know what's going to cost to send the Penn State baseball team or softball team out to go play Washington and Oregon in conference play? It's just We've lost our damn minds. This is ridiculous. Chris, how did it get so out of hand, out of control for the Pac-12? They were intact, and then Colorado leaves, and there are schools that are talking trash about them, but then a lot of those schools followed suit. So what happened in between those few days to make it all fall apart? Well, this has been steamrolling. This started a couple years back with the previous commissioner when they launched the Pac-12 network. And they couldn't get carriage rights with anybody. I, I'm a, I pay, uh, I have Xfinity Comcast, and I pay out the wazoo for all the sports channels. And I couldn't even get the Pac-12 network, even if I tried. Like I was like, I'll pay whatever. I just want to have all the sports channels. They're like, we don't even offer that. Um, I don't even know what what cable, you know, cable or uh, you know, satellite subscriptions even subscribe to the Pac-12 network. It was impossible to find. You had to pull up, like, illegal streams on your computer or phone late at night to even get the Pac-12 after dark uh, if it wasn't on any of the ESPN. So that was where this thing first started was, you know, the SEC network launch, great success. ACC network, not as successful, but at least they picked up a little bit of steam. Big Ten network does okay. The Pac-12 network was an abject failure, and nobody watches it, nobody pays for it. In fact, I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you guys, in two weeks, USC will open the season with San Jose State. The Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, it will air on the Pac-12 network that nobody gets. I don't know how you're going to watch it. How do you see the reigning Heisman Trophy winner play his Week Zero game? You can't, you can't watch it. So 
that was the first domino to fall. It's all about the TV rights. You guys have seen that the dominoes fall the last couple of years with, you know, the, the Big Ten coming to terms with their agreement, the, the, the Big 12, uh, the ACC, and, of course, the SEC signing their big deal with Disney. Um, there was no money left, and there were no networks left. Nobody wanted the Pac-12, and it, was, it got so bad, particularly once USC and UCLA jumped ship a couple months ago announcing they're going to the Big Ten in 2024 that, you know, uh, Kliakoff, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the, the Pac-12 commissioner, he comes out and says, yeah, I mean, we, I think we got a, a revenue share deal with Apple TV. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like, you can't even get linear TV rights for, uh, for our conference. And so that was the last straw. And that's where a lot of, uh, that's where a lot of these um, commissioners said, we're not having this. We're not signing this deal. And uh, lo and behold, that's what happened Friday. Oregon and Washington jumped ship. So the question becomes of how you view this, Gordy. Do you view this as a bad thing for college football, college sports in general? Because everyone's got their opinion on it. Some people say it's ruined. Some people are saying that this is awful for student-athletes that are not in football. Just what do you think are the negative impacts from this, and are they as evident as some people are trying to make them out to be? Well, look, there there are positives in that your school is going to get a lot of revenue. Uh, I think even Cole Kublik pointed out that that eight – uh, eight of the Pac-12 schools are all getting more revenue uh, in their deal jumping ship than they would be had they just stayed in the Pac-12 and signed that current deal that was on the table. So uh, those schools are going to make more money, and, and that's good. That's what it's all about. But on the flip side, yeah, it's terrible for student-athletes that don't play football. Uh, it's terrible for the softball teams, the, the baseball teams. And, and I don't know if the schools really thought this out, but your expenses are going to go way up. Uh, I think of, uh, you know, think of when, when Arkansas played at BYU uh, last year. They, they, the equipment truck leaves on what, like Wednesday to go hit the road and start bringing all the equipment out there? Uh, you know, all the pads and all that kind of stuff. I mean, majority of schools don't fly that stuff. They still drive it across the country in their big uh, equipment trucks. And, you know, we think of it with the teams, like a lot of teams in, in the Pac-12, like if Cal's playing UCLA, they'll take a bus ride over. Now you got to go fly commercial to go from, you know, uh, if you're Washington or Oregon, flying from your side of the country over to uh, the Big Ten cities. It's just you're going to incur so many more costs uh, with the other sports, and this is where Title IX comes in. And, you know, people, we want to make the argument for Title IX, equal pay, equal all this. Well, yeah, the softball teams, guess what? Y'all have to go travel all across God's green earth to go play your conference games now. Again, football's going to be fine. They're, uh, you know, they they don't mind footing the bill on, on on bigger expenses. But I just think a track and field, swimming and diving, again, softball, baseball, these non-revenue generating sports that are going to be eating up even more of your football revenue because it's so. It sucks for that. It sucks for students. I, I was reading a story on on Saturday about a kid who committed to Oregon because you know his parents live on on the. the uh, whatever, the northern border of California, and it was easy for them to drive up to come see him play games and drive across the West Coast to come see him. Well, guess what? Mom and Dad are not driving to come see you play now because <laughs> you're going to have to go, go play games in Iowa and Penn State and Illinois and you know all across the Midwest, and Mom and Dad can't come see you play anymore. So I, those are the things I think about, and that's what makes – it comes back to the simple point, guys. Why even have a conference? Like, why call it a conference? It's not a conference anymore. A conference is based on regionality and rivalry. 
and I'm sorry, but Oregon-Iowa ain't a damn rivalry. Uh, <laughs> Washington-Illinois ain't a rivalry. So we're losing all these great rivalries, and on top of it, we're losing regionality. Um, why don't we just call it what it is? It's just college football, every man for himself, and uh, why don't we just have every school uh, negotiate their own TV rights? Because it's, it's just silliness to, to have this and call it a conference because you've got teams in four different time zones. Chris, where does, does it end as far as expansion? Now, we have conferences that are up to about 16 teams, and we've always thought that there would be four conferences, about 20 teams each or so, or 16 to 20 each, and now it looks like it could be less than four conferences altogether. Um, where, where does this end? Well, I would hope it ends at 16. I know there's talk of uh, you know some jumping to 18, so – you know, we'll see. At least with 16, you know, I thought Greg Sankey and the crew had it kind of planned out right, and, and I think we still will go to nine games in 2025. I think the SEC will approve that next year. We'll go to a nine-game conference, and the math works out where you can keep three permanent opponents and everybody plays each other once every other year, and you go to everybody's house once every four years. I think that's the fairest way to do this, uh, and you get everybody playing more often. You know, I bring this up all the time. Georgia has not, you know, A&M has been the conference now, what, 12 years, and Georgia has still not been to Kyle Field. That's absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, you have places that Alabama went down to the swamp uh, a year or two ago, and they hadn't been there in eight years. LSU went to Kentucky two years ago. They hadn't been there in a decade. I mean, it's just there, there's so much of this where you're in a conference, but you never see that team, uh, you know, another team. It just it doesn't make sense. So, to me, 16 makes the most sense. I know people keep bringing up 18 or 20. Uh, what if we had two or three big 20-team conferences? It's just it's stupid. It doesn't make sense in my mind. Like, why would you have 20 teams in a conference when, you know, some of these conferences, you only play eight conference games? Like, how do you have 20 teams you only play eight of them? Like, it just, again, it goes back to it just doesn't make sense. So I would hope, I would hope we cap it at 16 across the board. At least that makes mathematical sense if you're going to play non-conference games. But, I don't know, man. I think it's just everybody's kind of trying to look out and say, how can we add, how can we add, how can we add? And they're just looking at TV dollars, and that's that's what's winning out right now. Well, see, Chris, you, you say that. So does that mean, in your mind, you think the SEC's looking at it that way? We need to add, add, add? Because they've been the you know, the champagne room that everyone wants to get into, but not everybody can. Are they looking to add, or are they just sitting back with good with what they got and wait, letting the rest of college football, or at least college sports, uh, kind of cannibalize itself? Yeah, I think I've talked about this before. The SEC is not looking, but they're listening. Um, you know, they, they're not seeking out teams to join the SEC, but there's a couple of big brands that fit in their footprint that could be in the play. If the ACC does crumble, you know, Florida State is one that makes absolute sense. I've, I've talked about this before. I've driven from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, seeing LSU play a game down over to Gainesville, and guess what? On I-10 eastbound, I stopped through Tallahassee. Like, you have to literally drive through Florida State to get to Florida. So, it's on the way. Uh, that one makes a lot of sense. Clemson obviously makes a lot of sense with, without, you know, being so close to South Carolina. North Carolina makes a lot of sense. You know, that adds a different – another state. You get the Charlotte market, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, North Carolina would make sense. So, there, there are schools that make sense. Well, we've also heard the, the other side of this is that some of these schools are, are so protected by their contracts. Like, you know, they were saying Florida State has to pay $20 million plus just to get out of their current deal, and it, it's just it's a lot of money to, to pay. So I don't know if it's going to happen, but 
we'll see. All it takes is a few teams to start jumping ship from the ACC, and then suddenly they're starting to crumble. So we'll see what happens with them. But them, unlike the Pac-12, the ACC put protections in. I couldn't believe when I heard the Pac-12 had no protections in. That literally any school could just jump ship at any point. Like, why do you even have a conference that if you're not protecting your, your own butt and saying, no, 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 you guys are under contract for 10 more years. Like, uh, that part was crazy. But, yeah, look, I, I think Greg Sankey's going to look around and, and listen. And if Florida State or Miami or, uh, you know, North Carolina call and say, hey, we'd be interested, I think he certainly would take that meeting and say, let's hear him out. But I think in the back of his mind, he's also thinking the same thing I've been talking about. Is Look, 16 makes sense mathematically. Anything more than that is, is tough to make it work where you get a good rotation to play everybody. ACC is looking to add Cal and Stanford. And uh, would, would that be enough to kind of save what they have going on and appease some of these teams? And does that make the ACC more enticing for a better TV deal to be able to hold everything together and – Please, Florida State, Miami, and some of those schools that are looking for better deals. Well, the only way it makes sense is mathematically it gets the ACC to 16, and that's where everybody else is, right? The Big 12 at 16, the SEC at 16. So uh, the Big 10, I can't even keep track of how many they're at, but I think they're around 16. Um, you know, at least with, uh, with that, yeah, it would get the ACC on par with, with the other conferences. But, again, I just – I don't know how you tell your schools, your academic institutions, hey, Duke, uh, yeah, I know you're a basketball school and all that, but, uh, you know, your, your lacrosse team, you'll have to travel across the country to go play uh, Cal and Stanford. It just, it's, and then who's going to who's gonna pay to go to these games? You know what I mean? Like, it, Duke and Duke basketball playing uh, Cal basketball, okay, yeah, people will come out for that. But, you know, Duke football versus Cal football, is that going to be a big seller? Uh you know, Georgia Tech versus Stanford, people going to watch that. I just wonder, you know, at what point do we say, yeah, more TV revenue, but, God, we're spending a lot more money on expenses when it comes to Title IX and these other sports and everything else. Yeah, Gordy, have you ever seen or know of any time in major sports where a game has changed as much as college football has in the past five years? Because I feel like every aspect of it is completely different, not necessarily in a bad way, but just – it's changed. I don't. I can't remember any time you've ever seen any sort of sport at a major level change as much as college football has so so quickly, so recently. No, and I'm trying to think like the geography thing. I remember, um, you know, when when Jim Crane, owner of the Astros, bought the team uh, back years ago. He, you know, part of the deal was that the league said, you can buy the Astros, but you have to move to the American League because we have too many teams in the NL. We kind of you know, have to offset this. So they moved the Astros to the American League West. Geographically, it makes no sense that the Astros play in the American League West. They have to travel out to the West Coast, play the Oakland A's, the Los Angeles Angels, the Seattle Mariners. Texas Rangers make sense, but uh, you know, it just makes no sense for the Astros to go play out on the West Coast. Uh, I remember when they redid the, the NBA conferences years ago. You know, in New Orleans, you know, when they got their expansion, they put them in the Southwest region. Uh, playing Houston and Dallas and San Antonio, I guess you're right next to Texas. But then Memphis gets thrown in there. Memphis is almost almost practically on the on the eastern side. So it's just it, there's a lot of things in pro sports that you know changes that have been made in the last 20 plus years where it doesn't make sense geographically. But at least they try their best. Here with college football, again, with what the Big Ten and the Big 12 are doing and, and, and now the Pac-12 uh, disintegrating and 
possibly the ACC adding talent Stanford. Like, none of this makes any sense geographically. And I think that's, to me, what's just so mind-boggling is, like, what's what's the point if I can't go travel to see my team play on a road game because they're, all, you know, three time zones away? Just that, to me, is what's so mind-boggling. School's getting into fall camp, and the season is right around the corner. What are you most looking forward to at this point? Well, the coaches' poll came out today, guys, and I, I was kind of, I mean, not surprised, but when I tell you that Georgia won, Michigan 2, Bama 3, Ohio State 4, LSU 5, three of those five schools are all working in new quarterbacks. It's just fascinating how, I mean, Georgia, look, we know they're surrounded by talent everywhere, but Carson Beck hasn't started a game. We don't know if he's going to be any good. Alabama still has a, quarter, a three-man quarterback battle, and we're three weeks out. And Ohio State, yeah, they've recruited very well, but again, you're replacing C.J. Stroud, who's the number two pick in the draft. So it, it's just it's fascinating to me that those schools just get the benefit of the doubt when we talk about you know, what's the most important position in all of football. It's the quarterback. And, you know, I, I look at schools like, yeah, Michigan's got their quarterback back. LSU's got Jaden Daniels back. USC's got Caleb Williams back. You, know, you go on down the list and you feel good about it. I was just a little surprised Arkansas didn't. I, I thought Arkansas would get some boats in there. And for Ole Miss and, and freaking A&M to sneak in there, A&M coming at number 25, I was just like, God, did, did we forget they went 5-7 and seven last year and had an abysmal season? So, yeah, it's just funny. I mean, some, some schools just get the benefit of the doubt, and then others, you know, even with everything Arkansas brings back, K.J. Jefferson, Rocket Sanders, Sam Pittman, I, I, an upgraded O.C. with Danny Notes, all these pieces get – Arkansas still not getting any respect. Well, Gordy, also uh, one thing though I wanted to bring up to you as well is in Houston. I know that's uh, obviously the city you're at and you cover everything. Major League Baseball, it's been some big news for the Astros, especially with some of the moves that's been made. Just uh, how's, how's the excitement level gotten to the point to when you're adding some of the, the big players that they've added? Yeah, they, they made the trade for Verlander. He pitched really well on Saturday. Unfortunately, they, they didn't give him any run support, and so they lost that game to the Yankees. But they ended up splitting the series, and – uh, they had an off day today. They're actually at the White House visiting uh, Joe Biden and crew, and uh, kind of a cool thing there to, to get to celebrate it and all that. Uh, and then a big series starting tomorrow night. I don't, I don't know if anybody has paid attention, but the Baltimore Orioles are one of the best teams in all of baseball this year, and that's uh, who the Astros play next. So they're going to play really well in that series. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I think I like the moves they made. Uh, for some reason, the Texas Rangers just won't lose. They're on a 16 win streak and. The Astros are two and a half behind them in the standings. Just can't catch them to, to win back the, the AL West uh, division lead. But going to be some fun storylines to watch down the stretch of the baseball season. But uh, I like all the moves the Astros made. Uh, they're calling up a guy who played for them years ago. John Singleton is his name. Uh, was cut from the organization years ago. And uh, they reclaimed him a couple weeks back. And he's been in, in AAA just crushing homer after homer. And news came out today. They're calling him up to, to join the team tomorrow night. So we'll see what he can do. But, uh, yeah, man, anytime you add a, a Justin Verlander caliber player back to your team, it just makes you that much stronger. So it's going to be fun to see uh, how it all plays out. And, man, we got some tight division races going down the, down the stretch here. No doubt it's an exciting time. Chris Gordy of Sports Talk 790 as well as the Locked On SEC podcast. Gordy, as always, man, we appreciate you hopping on with us. Try not to get too crazy out there with conference realignment, man. It's wild. Yeah, man. John, you, you're invited to my conference anytime, all right? 